Welcome to Duct Tape and Paperclips. I'm Nathan Hartswick. And I'm Annie Russell. This is a show where we rewatch, review, and ridicule every episode of MacGyver for the first time since our childhoods. Yes, and tonight we are breaking down season one, episode eight. The title is Hellfire. Oh my God, will it hold up? Uh, we will find out. <laughs> but first... We have to tell our listeners about this super fun live event that we're doing on Sunday, October 4th at 6 p.m. Eastern. Yes, I am so excited about this. A lot of you have told us that you really want to watch the show. Uh, so we are doing a screening of an episode of MacGyver. It'll be live over Zoom so people can watch along with us. It will be a fun, interactive event. Yes, and we're going to watch the episode of MacGyver entitled Deathlock. And then right after that, we're going to jump on and you can watch us record an episode of this podcast about that episode. And our special guest is comedian Deanne Smith. I am so excited that they're joining us. One of the best. Uh, we have some other fun surprises in store as well. So definitely check it out. Yes. Uh, and the Zoom chat is going to be open the whole time. So you can give us your opinions right along with it. Uh, and we might even bring some audience members onto the podcast. We don't know. It's free and it's Sunday, October 4th at 6 p.m. Eastern. Yes. Yeah, so hang out with us that night. And if you want all the info, uh, you can find it on our website at themacgyverpod.com. Yes. All right. So, Annie, now that we got all that out of the way, uh, what's going on? Uh, you're finally able to leave your house, it looks like. Yes. Your, your for... state is on fire, but you are finally out in the outdoors. Yes. For any of the listeners who've been following along with whether or not <laughs> I am indoors or outdoors, um, I have been able to leave my house. The air quality has gotten a lot better. Um, unfortunately, it's gotten a lot worse uh, places like Portland uh, and and it's cleared up here. So we were able to get outside this weekend. I went on a bike ride yesterday and I went to the beach today and it was very needed uh, because the weather is beautiful temperature wise. Uh, but here's the thing about going to the beach for me. I love to swim. Um, and I have a Labrador. My Labrador also loves to swim. Uh, the problem is my Labrador thinks that humans, uh, in particular, his humans are drowning every time we go oh, into no. the water. <laughs> so <laughs> he thinks he's saving our lives. Uh, and he is actually, scaring children on the beach uh, because he lets out a shriek like I have never heard. Like you would think we were being dismembered in front of him. Um, the noise that he's making. Children are, are frightened. It's, it just is so it's, I feel really bad for him because you know, he's like trying to help. Yeah. Uh, but I'm realizing we maybe need to do some training around this because so is it just like yelps and cries, like when you go into the water and like runs after you kind of thing. Yelps, cries, runs, runs after I, you know, it is pretty common in like dogs that are are swimmers um yeah. they will try to sort of save their humans and oh you know God. they're they're screeching to essentially warn you that like you're going yeah. <laughs> you're going under and we're like <laughs> yeah we know um we're, we're trying to swim uh oh. but yeah and and in the case of paul he will um really like run out to him and physically try to save him and in the process will like scratch his arms oh, um no. and so it's <laughs> it's definitely uh coming from a good place but i think we're going to need to do some training around this uh to try to limit his anxiety and sort of yeah. like just encourage him to like 
ignore people who are swimming. It's okay if people are in the water. <laughs> what about you? Are you still still hanging on to summer or is it like fully fall? It's pretty much fully fall. I mean, it's frosting now and it's, you know, it's feeling like Jesus. fall, which is great. I love it. Um, but uh yeah, it's just, I mean, I was thinking like, oh, <laughs> I was thinking Annie's going to ask me what uh, I've been up to and I am going to have no answer because <laughs> I'm like, I've just had a couple days, you know, like you go up and down and I've had a couple days that have just been not good and it's just yeah rough, man. And uh, I, I did, I mean, my big accomplishment was I, I binged all of seasons one and two of Cobra Kai. That was all I did, <laughs> which was like kind of a perfect uh, talk about, you know, I'm living in nostalgia these days with this podcast and uh, the Karate Kid show, um, just taking me back to my childhood, which is kind of a warm blanket when you're feeling like super depressed about everything. Yeah, it's been a lot. And regardless of, of how you uh, personally feel about anything that's going on right now, you have to admit that it's just it's a nonstop yeah, onslaught nonstop. of information and new things coming up. And I, I don't think we're going to have um a chill fall i think it's gonna right. <laughs> just yeah. ramp up you don't think between now and like say november 4th things for are example get i don't know i don't <laughs> want to make this about the election but yeah. i will say that like i because i work in news um someone was mentioning this to me uh the other day because we had a big news story break um you know just uh friday night and mm -hmm. for me it's like i'm processing that as a person but then sure. every time something like that happens i know that is adding two and a half hours to my day just as right. a professional and so i just oh. have these like multiple uh, yeah. layers of reaction to it because it's like, okay, this is going to be my life for the next however long. Yeah. It must be like, it must take like a certain degree of compartmentalization to be like, I'm going to have to put all my emotions about this aside. Cause I got news to do. Oh, I'm dead inside. I don't know if our <laughs> listeners have picked up on that, but. Oh gosh. Well, we have a special guest who's going to help us break down tonight's episode. So let's bring them in. Uh, she's a good friend who has spent time on the main stage improv team with me at Vermont Comedy Club. She now lives in Chicago. We miss her very much. The very funny and wonderful Sarah Venuti Yates. Hi, Sarah. Hi, guys. Hello. <laughs> I'm so, hello. I'm so happy to see you both. It's great to see you. What's uh, going on? You're, you've become one of those parents who's like, both parents are home. Both parents are working from home. Both parents are homeschooling the child who's also home all the time. How, yes, are you going crazy yet? <laughs> totally insane it's totally insane yeah um it feels like i don't know when i get to focus for 20 minutes straight i'm just like where where where's the fire what's happening like what else <laughs> am i supposed to be focusing on because this feels like i've gotten to focus for too long and then i'll you know i'll i'll wander over to where mabel is and check out what she's doing and she's fine and i shouldn't yeah. have interrupted because then she's like can you help me with this right. and i need some scissors i'm just like ah Oh no! Uh, I should have just said, no. I should have taken a nap. Yeah. I know. Oh my god! Are you having any fun? Are you getting to do anything fun? Um, well, that took too long to answer. I think to be a positive answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's great. I mean, things, are, things are fun. We're hanging out outside when we can. Uh, I don't know. I wonder what it's like to also be responsible for a small person's like social distancing and mask and all of yeah. that, because I can barely get over the anxiety of just myself 
moving in the world. <laughs> She's really good about it. Like, I feel like we try to be really good about it. So she does. Yeah. She, she seems like more okay about it than us, to be honest. Like I get, you know, it's hot under there and you're yeah. like, trying to walk around and she's just like plugging away, sweating all over the place. She gets like popsicle all on the inside of her mask and stuff. Like <laughs> she'll like, she'll pull it down and like lick a popsicle and pull it back up really quick. And then at the end of the day, I'm like, what is inside of this thing? What is that color? <laughs> so it's like. No, but she's she's good about it. I guess kids are constantly being thrust into clothing they don't want to wear and having to wear it, right? That's part of the deal. Yeah. Although my parents sent these, like, I don't even know how to describe them. Frocks? I don't know. <laughs> it, it just looks like, like a, they're beautiful. They're these, like, big flowery patterns with, like, lemons and leaves and all this stuff. But it has, like, a puff sleeve and, like, a you know, that like, uh, I don't know, ruching or whatever. It's like so intricately made, clearly for children from the 50s. You know what I'm talking about? Like, that's what it looks like. A little kid in the 50s with like little white socks and little black Mary Janes and like a short, tiny little, very intricate little dress. Hmm. And they got these three ones, three of them for her. So she's wearing these like beautiful, colorful, beautifully made dresses and they're huge on her and then she has this mask on and she's got her hair all crazy she just it just looks bananas and it makes me so happy and she's just like whatever this is cool (laughs) oh my god sarah you said before we started recording that you obsessively watched macgyver as a kid tell us a little about it i just okay so here's how i would watch macgyver so in our we had this little like den area and they had, we had these couches that had like a wooden frame and really stiff cushions. Mm. And I would build a fort out of these cushions and the chairs and like put a sheet over it and have like a peephole. And I would watch MacGyver and I would ha- I would build a, I, w- I built this like stick thing with a pokey thing on the end so that I could get to the channel, like to <laughs> be in my fort and like turn on the TV with you it. You MacGyvered a remote for yourself. I did. Uh, and I watched it from inside my little like peephole tent, uh, this Fun. fort thing that I made. Do you remember why you felt you had to be enclosed <laughs> in the fort to fully enjoy the show? Well, I, I had to be honest. I watched a lot of television from that fort. Yeah. But I think that like, I think that, I don't know, I built a lot of forts, but it felt really right to be inside of something that I built and created to watch MacGyver. I don't know. It was like my own cool thing to be inside of. I just, you guys, (laughs) I haven't watched MacGyver in a really long time. And watching it last night, I was just like, oh, I love him. Oh man. Like, I don't know. Something in me when I was a kid, I must've just been like, he's so great. Like he's so cool and so great. I just, I loved it. And I still do. (laughs) Yeah, I I mean, I can really relate to that. I can relate to like, I think he was one of the first heroes that I was allowed to watch on TV, period. And it was it was one of my first, it sounds dumb to say, but like one of my first role models outside my father, you know what I mean? <laughs> like yeah. Male role models, um, which is, a ridi- I mean, yeah. it's a ridiculous you know, standard to set. But uh, we were a creative family. 
in a lot of ways. And even though I wasn't a mechanically inclined kid, the idea of creative problem solving was very interesting to me. And so watching him confidently solve problems creatively felt uh, somehow reachable to me. Yeah. I think that's what I liked about it too, is I just sort of, I liked taking stuff apart and tinkering around. And there was like a um, like a hot second where my mom was a real estate agent. She was like, she had like the gold jacket, Century 21, and like nice. had an office set up in the house. And I just kept like taking all of her office supplies. Like, and I loved it. I loved, I don't know, having the little pieces and like trying to put them together. And I don't know. I, it, and he just seemed, he just, he always seemed like nice to his friends. I think that that's also what I kind of liked about MacGyver is he was like, it's no big deal. I can use these very simple things. We'll make something together. We'll high five. And that's it. It was yeah. just seemed nice. <laughs> I don't know. And again, like this is me like, like remembering this fantasy version sure. probably of yeah. the show. What I watched last night was a little surprising in yeah. some ways from yeah. what I remembered. Um, but I just, I really loved that show. That's so great. I can relate. And I think, uh, I can also relate to the feeling of watching season one as an adult and going, this is hot garbage. <laughs> <laughs> Such hot garbage. Oh my God. But also really fun. I mean, fun garbage television. It made me smile still. Oh yeah, for sure. Let's uh, refresh our memory. Annie, you want to give us a summary of Hellfire? I sure do, Nathan. Um, so the summary of this episode, opening gambit, we have none. I will never not bring up that the opening gambit is usually a small vignette that has nothing to do with the episode that we're about to watch. Uh, I'm also going to take this opportunity to say that after two in a row with no opening gambit, I kind of missed it. Yeah. Um, and I was... You've been hating it since the beginning. And now I've you been miss hating it. it since the beginning. And then when you take it away from me, <laughs> I want it again. Um, but let's get into the meat of the episode. Uh, MacGyver visits some old friends who have recently purchased an oil well that's about to pay off. But an accident occurs, igniting the well on fire. The group decides that dynamite is the most feasible way to put out that fire. At great risk to themselves, MacGyver and his pal travel to an abandoned mine, fetch some highly unstable dynamite, and drive it carefully back to the well. Improvising a delivery system to get the nitroglycerin into the heart of the inferno, MacGyver and his pals succeed in extinguishing the blaze and saving the well. Yes. Hellfire. Phew. Hellfire. Um, we're going to share our opinions about what worked and what didn't work and how it holds up now. Um, before we dig into it, what were your first impressions of this episode, Sarah? Like Now that you're putting on MacGyver for the first time in God knows how many years, what were you thinking at the beginning? I felt like I was, I missed something and it must've been the opening gamut. Cause I was like, who are these people? Am I missing something? Cause they seem to know what's happening and I don't. Mm. Um, but I do have to say the thing that I really noticed from the very get go was how clean MacGyver's nails are in every little <laughs> montage. <laughs> like 
perfectly manicured when he's like putting all these little things together. Just watch next time for that. I was I do wonder if he has a hand he must have a hand double for all of the inserts, right? I think that I read that this or or a subsequent episode was one of the first um that he did have a hand double because mm. like you got to figure that's why some people are watching this. They want to see the gadget tree and the intricate like fixing. But also things. this poor guy is in he's in every scene of every episode. I'm like yeah. the time commitment has got to be astronomical. So they've got to get the guy a hand model to do all this little shit or you know like he'd be there forever. So Right. I support it. <laughs> so like does this match Sarah does this match what you remember of the show what was different for you? The thing that just felt so weird is I was like where's the adventure? Where are we going? Cuz it was yeah. all this episode in particular was also set in this sm- very small place except yeah. the little like ghost town they go to yeah um with a very small cast too with yeah it was just these four people i don't know i i i just sort of kept waiting for like some sinister person in a helicopter to land and yeah. be like i'm taking over this oil rig like <laughs> right, something right. but but in the end it was just the four and like yeah there was no bad guy right there was no bad guy yeah and i don't want to i don't want to do any spoilers but there was this really interest interesting like psychological decision that was made oh we can spoil it right i mean we're going to talk about the whole <laughs> well, <damn okay>. episode. <laughs> <laughs> well before we talk about this really amazing decision that she made or <laughs> like process that she went through i want to talk about the opening scene where he pulls up and she's wearing those super hot jeans and she goes running towards him like little house on the prairie, like yeah. through this dusty ass oil field. It was just like MacGyver. And he's like, Oh, you look so sexy. She's like, you look so elegant. I was like, what are we saying? What yeah. right. it was yeah. so bizarre. It was such a bizarre their friends w- like that. That was the first oh thing God. I thought of. I was like, I would never land in my helicopter as I do to greet my old friends. <laughs> and sexy is not the word that would come out of my mouth. No, it wasn't even it just not. that he called her sexy. It was the way it was written was so garbage. He says, beautiful as ever. And oh, so sexy. <laughs> it's like, so like nobody who talks like that. Literally so, no one. It's ridiculous. It's awful. No but one. yeah, I agree. The jeans are hot. And I, I appreciate it. Now we're going to get into, I'm sure what a, fucking garbage role this was for her but yeah it was nice to see a woman dressed like she belonged on an oil rig like jeans correct you know yeah. jacket like and that look was hot like it yeah. was a hot 80s look yeah I she looked great and it was also appropriate like they didn't try yeah. to put her in some kind of like onesie yeah. um yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know like silk jumpsuit or whatever uh yeah. or some right. kind of low-cut dress like it it was a right. feasible outfit but i really felt like I think that maybe in the 80s, we thought that Midwestern charm was patronizing sexism because they're trying to make him charming. You know, he calls her honey a couple times, darling. All the time. You know, Hun. and he doesn't, I don't remember Hun. him. It doesn't feel right to me for MacGyver to be like yeah, no. that sex sexist. But the only way I can possibly a- explain it would be, oh, they think it's cute that he's like from the Midwest and he calls everybody ma'am and darling. And, you know, it's like cowboy hick kind of thing, maybe. What do you guys think? I don't know. Like, I just, the th- it was just really strange. Like if we had, a, if Phil and I had a friend over and the friend called me honey, I would be like, <laughs> what, the, what? And Phil would probably be like, what did you just say? Like, why yeah. would you call someone else's wife honey? 
Yeah. Like I just, or any pet name, like, I don't know. It was really bizarre. I mean, they, they, they went between honey and Laura and sexy or whatever they wanted to call her. Yeah, like yeah. call her by her name. I mean, bizarre. we did establish that Bill saw her first and if he hadn't, then MacGyver would have been all over that, which That's to me just right. indicated Another that she's like. normal way to greet a friend you haven't seen in a while. <laughs> it, it also <laughs> said to me, okay, this woman is a conquest for the men and her soul point in the episode is as it relates to the men in the episode. Yes, 100%. Yeah. I do want to share one first impression. I, I guess this is a first impression. So uh, they also don't really do a great job of explaining what hellfire fighting is. No. I don't know if you guys picked no. up on that. We should say it right now for our listeners because yeah, in case anyone's like wondering. It's, I had to I, watch this twice and do additional research yeah, to figure yeah. out what was happening in this goddamn episode. Think about if you were watching it in the 80s and you couldn't Google it. You'd be like, yeah. what the fuck is hellfire? <laughs> So Nathan, do you have the definition handy? Oh, I don't. I only have it in my brain because I Googled it as well because I'm like, what the fuck is this? And it's just firefighters who work on oil wells that are on fire. That's what they are. I think we piece that together as the episode goes along. Sure. We also find out that MacGyver somehow has experience doing this shit. But of course. Yeah, they put the fire out with dynamite. Like, yeah. what? <laughs> I mean, how, that's, okay. how but that's that a real thing, though. Which I, uh, apparently, and I love how the woman Laura explains it like she's wearing her hot leather jacket which she happens to have just a pack of like strike anywhere matches hanging out by mm -hmm. a giant fire and she explains it so yeah. clearly but it's at least two-thirds of the way through after they've decided to get this nitrous right. dynamite from the ghost town yeah and the other thing, just in terms of, of definitions and understanding what is going on, that I had trouble, I had trouble with figuring out how it is that hellfire fighting was so much more dangerous than whatever it is he's doing right now. Because what he <laughs> is engaged in at the beginning of the episode, I would be horrified if my husband was doing. And I cannot... <laughs> Like, how are you okay with this oil drilling, right. but like hellfire? Oh, but he made a pr he made a promise, right? He, he made, made a, a promise, promise that he would never do that again. But he'll do those other things. But he'll climb fifty <laughs> stories up on a rig by himself. I yeah. fully by himself, zero gear. Yeah. Um, I was just like, this woman doesn't seem logical to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And hey, can I ask a question? And I don't know if I imagined this, but the other guy that was with him on the rig when they struck whatever it is that they struck and like it started raining down, did he do a rain dance? I believe he yes. did. Yes, he did. He did do a racist um, yeah. rain dance. Yeah. This is the kind of thing that felt that feels like an improv to me it was like, have fun with it. Just like get excited about the fact that you're, you've struck oil and whatever comes out, comes out. And this actor was like, yeah, the beginning also, I feel like they have a big issue on this show with casting people that look exactly like other people in the episode. And those two <laughs> guys were basically identical to me. Um, I could not uh, quite tell who was who. Um, and the other big thing just right off the top was just what is the relationship between these three people? Like what is yeah. going on? It, it oh, started God. to get really weird, like right away. It is really strange. Yeah. I, I felt like nobody is ever that excited to see one another, even friends that haven't seen each other in a long time. <laughs> yeah. It was such a love fest. It was hard to watch. And then on top of I it, know. the, the, the whole like talk and like walk and talk, 
that happens after he gets off the helicopter and when he's like, you know, reconnoitering with his friends and he's meeting Pete for the first time. It's nothing but exposition like, what was it in Sumatra? Yeah. Oh, I've heard a lot about you, blah, blah, blah. But the way the dialogue is written and the fact that they're kind of striding around briskly, it felt like a Sam Shepard play to me or something. It was so <laughs> set the tone. We're out in the Wild West and I'm coming in and telling you all my exposition, buddy, pal. It was very un realistic yeah and it also didn't particularly feel like an episode of macgyver at the beginning like at all it felt i mean this is another episode that we see uh he doesn't have a mission he's just sort of on a trip and i didn't mind it so much in the previous episode where he stumbled into something because there he didn't have anybody he knew there it was him against everybody else um, but with this, I didn't enjoy watching him. I wrote down, I don't like seeing MacGyver with his peers. Like yeah. he, he, the way he like got off the helicopter and gave like a phony salute and the way he's goofing off the whole time. It just feels very, I want MacGyver to be this, this, he is the smartest man in the room this whole episode, but I want him to be also like the most kind of cool, calm, collected, mature. And I feel, I just see him goof off with his friends that he really loves and sometimes wants to fuck. was was not attractive to me it didn't feel like the right tone no it didn't the tone was off because he didn't really have a mission it was his friend's mission that he is more or less dragged into unwillingly and so that isn't he like i mean i know this is later but isn't he an environmentalist and now he's oh that was that was something (laughs) that the person i was watching with brought up it was like (laughs) what happened to environmentalism because this is an oil situation like this is a disaster yeah yeah i wonder it could have been just a sign of the times it could have been this came out in 85 and maybe that wasn't really the top of the list and maybe they figured it out in later seasons as sort of society crawled toward more environmentalist causes maybe so did he Uh, three months in the burn ward and no scars oh, to show man. for man. None. None. <laughs> Not a single mark on him. Not a one. He almost Just died. All... His buddies died. As we, they, what, how did he say that when he was describing that his buddies didn't make they, it? Oh, they bit it. <laughs> They, uh, they, they, they bought it or they something. Bought it. Yeah, bought they bought it. it. Yeah. Yeah. And no he kept repeating it. that as and if it did. was like this poignant thing. So I get an average of one text message per week from Annie as she's watching the episode. And uh, this man was the subject of t- this week's text message. <laughs> what were your opinions about this actor? I, I sent Dave? I sent Nathan just a, a screenshot from the episode of this <laughs> man's face. And I said, this is this week's scene chewer uh, because it was one of the worst actors that I've seen on this show. <sighs> um, just over the top. And I told her that I have a piece of trivia about this actor. Yes. Who, um, so I couldn't find any corroborating evidence to this effect. This is from this actor who is still working. He's like 70 years old and he's still working. And uh, he did an interview, only one interview, and he mentioned this. He told this story about how he showed up to this. He, he auditioned for the pilot and he uh, didn't get uh, any anything. And then, he, uh, and then they brought him back in to play this role. And um, he said he got on set and Henry Winkler walked up to him and said, by the way, I just want to let you know that you were our, you were our second choice for MacGyver. What? Oh. And if Richard Dean Anderson hadn't come in, then you would have gotten it. Now, 
I don't know why you tell any actor that on a set. Or ever. How about just ne- never tell me never. about the things I no, almost got? Never. Like, ever. So I don't know. First of all, I mean, if that is true, that's a horrible thing for a producer to do. But also, I couldn't help but think... Now, the whole rest of the episode, I was just thinking, what would this show have been like with this actor as MacGyver? <laughs> like, can he you imagine He would have just kept it? shaking his head so vigorously as he was talking. <laughs> That's, I, I don't think this podcast would exist. Yeah, I, I can tell you that. Um, you don't think this show would have lasted? No, I don't. I just, I, listen, um, I, I felt that this actor was hard to watch um, during yeah. this during this episode. It was just uh, so over the top as many um, of the sort of foils to MacGyver tend to be because MacGyver can be so like deadpan. And so then whoever he's acting with is like, like bringing the energy to a really strange place. Uh, mm. But I felt uh, this character made no sense to me. No. <laughs> No. Can I can I say that I sort of feel like the whole explosion to begin with was MacGyver's fault? <laughs> oh. Why, for turning the lights back on? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was bound to happen probably anyway. But They had a bunch you of know. Edison bulbs against an oil derrick. What did you expect? I know, but in that moment, right? They could have, maybe it would have been, hap- it would have happened at a different time, less windy time. I don't know. <laughs> but I have to say there was something like he, <laughs> I wrote this down. Um, so he fixed the fuse with a gum wrapper, which I thought mm-hmm. was amazing. Cute. And then he's chewing this gum and talking sexy to the woman. Ooh. And I was confused why that was happening, but I just wrote down hot. Like why? <laughs> I, I was just like, and this is why I think I still really kind of like MacGyver. I was like, that was a that was so cool. And he's like, shoulder up, like chomping on the gum. I mean, he looks really cool in this episode. We'll get to yeah. this in our ranking system, <laughs> but like it. To say that it worked for me this episode was an understatement. I was like, I was pretty into it. That is also a very sexy scene. It's very intimate. He's doing something impressive, but barely paying attention to it. Chewing gum is such a casual thing. He's asking her about her life and like being empathetic about her, her, her husband's like, like, and they're like in this little dark enclosed space and he's yeah. all bronzed up and like looking good. I, I get it. I think it's a hot scene yeah. for sure. He shouldn't be hitting on her at all, but... No, no and but it but it doesn't <laughs> appear that her husband has any issue with it whatsoever which no, is the no. thing that just takes me out of it like I'm all down for like there being like a hot scene between these characters but I am so literal that I can't get out of my head like the relationships that they've set up at the beginning and I'm yeah. like this makes no sense like why are you talking to her like that <laughs> <laughs> What else do I have here? Um, so you don't think it was MacGyver's fault? Oh, um, was it? I don't know. What do you think, Annie? No, I, I don't think. I mean, they literally had a bunch of old fuses <laughs> and <laughs> like who who even knows if the structure of that cabin was secure? Um, I, I think that place was going to go up. Anyhow. Yeah. For somebody who we are to believe that he professionally fought oil well fires <laughs> and he has wrapped light bulbs around his personal oil well not to yeah. mention there's like junk cars everywhere like this is not not an osha approved no, no it's not and i do 
I do want to draw attention to the fact that MacGyver juggles onions in the episode uh, right at the beginning. I loved it. And what I learned when I was doing my research to try to figure out what the fuck happened in this episode. (laughs) um, uh, Richard Dean Anderson had experience as a street performer, which is why they wrote that in and so i was just floored by that i was like of course he wants to get a juggling sequence (laughs) into the episode (laughs) i love it oh my god yeah that makes sense that tracks for what like yeah yeah, lean lean performer in the 70s is like out there juggling on the street that makes sense he was who knows if there if anyone listening has access to any video uh, (laughs) pictures anything (laughs) Yeah, there are a few like not awesome like mime photos of Robin Williams and his like street performer days, you know? I'm sure they exist. Should we talk about the trip to get the dynamite? Yes. I wanna know why any any mine would leave behind dynamite, a shed full of dynamite for seven years. I don't know. Why would you leave that? That doesn't make any sense. You're right. It doesn't, but I also, uh, what I got from that is that we were supposed to sort of like gather that like, this is the true wild west. Like this is just, you know, people going out there trying to start their enterprise. And, you know, this former mine was the same type of folks who were trying to start something up many years ago. And it's sort of like this lawless place. I mean, certainly there was no safety regulations happening even by 1980s standards based on what they're doing so (laughs) i felt like this was like an every man for himself deal and the minute um i took note of the the minute they arrive at that camp um the music is straight out of a western it's like you know piano and strings and bouncy and like it's very uh it's very um very spaghetti Western kind of sounding music. Um, there, there was, uh, I'll be fair. There was a bunch about this particular scene that worked for me. Um, I said that the most convincing performance in this whole show for me was given by the dynamite <laughs> <laughs> because every time the dynamite is like center stage, I was on the edge of my seat and yeah, yeah. Uh, al- at almost no other time did I feel that way. The them holding the shelves up was really fun and very and and very um, suspenseful. Um, of course, MacGyver leaping out of the shed made fuck all sense. <laughs> I the thing I really I was really suspenseful, and the the crumbling floorboards were mm. really added to that. But what I didn't understand is they clearly found a very strong, sturdy piece of wood to get them halfway across diagonally right. across those floorboards. Yeah. <laughs> Just one more stretch of wood would have gotten you there. Even another, uh, somewhere, somewhere. And so I feel like that that was that was in poor choice. It didn't seem very MacGyverish to only do it halfway. Yeah, yeah. yeah. To reach what they needed to reach. And the other thing was when the shelves started coming down, (laughs) they kept holding. They kept holding the dynamite. They kept walking around with it in their hands, which I understand. Yeah, I understand that. But there was this moment when the dude, the, the buddy, is holding it up the shelf of dynamite with his shoulder holding a case of dynamite and MacGyver comes back in to help him still yeah. holding a crate of dynamite. And I'm like, yeah. someone needs to put a crate down so that we can yeah. turn around and hold the shelf up. Yeah. Uh, that was, that was <laughs> hard to watch. Yeah. It wasn't the smartest. Absolutely. But it was suspenseful. Yeah. Yeah. Him leaping out 
was just physically impossible what he did <laughs> yeah and it was also the shot was insane like oh, it was like man. slow motion followed by a freeze frame of him outside we've the had fire. that a couple other times in this show where they've Ugh. got like maybe four frames of film on some important <laughs> stunt and that's all they use and they just slow it way down and we're supposed to fill in the gaps with our brains and was yeah. that like supposed to be a commercial break when it w- went boom sure. and then it broke yeah, yeah, and then yeah. boom, it was just jarring. Yeah. I think that one of the big points for me was that like in a show, in an episode where there are so many like big things happening, like explosions and the stakes are supposed to be so high. I didn't actually feel that way as a viewer. Like yeah, I right. felt like the last episode even was more exciting and I was more on the edge of my seat just because there was a, like a little bit more attention to story. Um, Mm -hmm. and here that was like, not, not a thing. I have to say, I kept, I kept waiting for the actors to like slip up with being gentle with the dynamite, either with closing the door to the truck. Me too. Or yeah, I saw that too. So at some moment, but they were both really careful yeah. with that part. So I was, mm-hmm. I was impressed with that. I was too. I wrote so. it down that they every time they opening and shut the car door, they the truck door, they always were gentle with it. That trip, the trip back from camp, did they drive through the night? Because they established that it's fifty miles away, and they had a shot where they were driving literally in the dark. Well, I did notice that they came down that hill on the way there, that one that kind of wound through the mountain. Yeah. And then yeah. on the way back, they came down that same hill, right. that same exact <laughs> shot yes. again yes. on the way back. So I'm not sure what direction they I were don't going know. or what time of day. <laughs> I feel like they just got a night shot and they said, let's throw it in. But it, it I just no can't even sense. imagine like how even, even at that slow pace, why would driving... <laughs> 50 miles take you all night. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, the thing with it breaks and stuff at the end was fun. I thought. And, uh, okay. But how everything else on the truck still worked and the nitrous was leaking down the spring. It cut the brake line. So that what, that's all it had damaged. Did he, did he touch the brakes? And then there was like some on the brake pads or something. Is that how it was? Well, it was, it was, it was leaking out the back, but the yeah. brake line is not, that's not where the brake line is. So right. I couldn't understand how it, I mean, maybe it dribbled forward somehow, but if it had made its way that deep into the car to hit, sever the brake line and not explode the front of the car right, while right. it's driving, <laughs> I, that was <laughs> from a mechanical standpoint, uh, I had trouble with that. Yeah. 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 You're going to have a lot of trouble with a lot of things uh, in MacGyver, I I would say. Um, But I do want to get to this big climax. Um, So what was your thought process, Sarah, on her decision making, how she reaches the conclusion? um, Oh, man. She so he promised, right? He made this promise to her that he would never hellfire fight again hell fight whatever they called it (laughs) yeah Uh, and this is a big promise like this isn't like when your husband says like i'm definitely gonna unload the dishwasher like she mentions it a couple times so like she does like it just that was hard for me to grasp that she really was like but he promised me so yeah he should be he should be an accountant by now right if (laughs) you really left that all behind and and here here's my thing though like this is what they met doing, I think. Um, so she always knew he was kind of a this hell hell fighting guy. Um, 
I don't know if you get to be like, no, well, you're not doing that anymore. In in true MacGyver in the 80s fashion, um, we get a scenario where this woman is, uh, we are to understand as experienced at this as he is. And yet when a bunch of poles falls on the assistant guy, they tell her, get back, get back. And the two mm-hmm. men have to rush in and save him. She's relegated to complete like side piece the entire way through the yeah, show. Yeah, she has to spray. She works at hose and that is it. That she knows is things about she, she knows yeah. things about the hose and the yeah. fire and the how it's done and all everything. They could have used an extra set of hands to get that thing off that guy's leg. Right. I don't know, you guys. They made her squeeze the nitrous out of the sticks of dynamite <laughs> into know. a little tiny canister. That seems like a pretty dangerous job. Be careful, to- yeah, honey. that's actually a really good point. It's like, okay, so you met your husband and this third party that you guys both seem into, um, all as as hell fighters, swinging hell fighters. <laughs> and but like you're conflicted about it and yet there you are all three of you doing the thing that you said you would not ever do i know and so when the two of them start you know the argument is who's going to be the one to to drop this canteen full of nitrous down (laughs) into this burning well right he's arguing i have to do it and macgyver's saying no no you made a promise you can't do it so they're fighting, they're tussling in the water, they're splashing everywhere. So and you know, usually you see in, in TV shows or in movies, like the girl is like, stop, oh, stop it. She was in there. She kept she was into apart. it, yeah. She followed them into the water and she pulled them apart and she was like, stop it. And so there was this moment where I was like, oh, she's just gonna give up and back off. And she didn't. And then she, I really appreciated the fact that she was like, you have to do this and you have to do it together. So- it's not on anybody. No one's breaking a promise because I'm saying you can do this. So this is the moment you're talking about the moment where she says, damn it, he's the best. And so yeah. are you. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> the, the monologue so like, that I was cringing the whole yes, way through. God. But like it's <laughs> it but but it becomes like nobody's fault at that point. And as you point out, she's also assisting them the entire time. So really all three of them are doing yeah. it. Um right. at the same exactly. time. Clearly, things have happened since he made that promise. Like there, there's a whole emergency that we have to deal with right now. I wrote this. I wrote this lady does not pass the Bechdel test. Like this character no. is just everything relates to the guys. Yeah, and that I was cringing at that because I was like, this relationship is so bizarre. Like yeah. I, I, like if that were a real couple, they would be in their house later arguing. It's like, why do you have to go on about how he's the best? Like, yeah. what, what was that? Like, right? Well, why are you letting What's him call about? you darling? And anyway, you, yeah, like they would be fighting yeah. at the end of the episode yeah. if this were a normal uh, couple. Yeah. Can we do a sequel to this episode that's the three of them in a living room and it's a, like of Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf's <laughs> yes. type thing? <laughs> Just, Just like why do these relationships make no sense to, um, as they relate to another? Oh, God. Did either of you notice the sexy piano music that came up when she said that line? Damn it, he's the best. Like there was this moment they broke up this fight and then this Ooh. really bizarre sexy piano music Yeah, came it in. made me feel like she was saying, I fucked you both and I think you <laughs> both need to yes! go into this fire. Boys, boys, boys. Yes, boys. <laughs> All right, hold it steady for me, will you? 
Um, I I did enjoy the final sequence. I thought it was exciting and uh, fun and everything. But I absolutely despised the ending of this episode. Um, um, MacGyver does not. MacGyver does not party down. He does not. Oh my stay. God! What party down? He does not stay in one place to help his friends bring oil in. He moves the fuck on, man. That's his whole thing. He basically agrees to move in with them yeah. at the end of the episode. <laughs> what a this weird is why relationship. I think it's because he thinks the whole thing was his fault with the gum okay. wrapper on the fuse. The gum He's like, oh shit, that, it's my fault. I got to stay and fix oh, it. Oh no, I don't think MacGyver <laughs> thinks about stuff like that. He's, he's very in the moment. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, the fact that he stayed and wants to party down with them was too much for me. Which again, like not not a thing that your single friend says to a couple like, I can't wait to party down with you guys. <laughs> like how creepy is Although, that? Although like party down, man, was absolutely something we used to say in the 80s all the time. Sure. Uh, like partying down but was... In what's- in in like I don't know, party down is more like at the poolside. This was in a in a blown up cabin, like just crap strewn all over the place. Like where are they gonna sit? Like where are they even gonna sit to crack a beer to party? Already down? we've established that MacGyver does not drink, does not smoke. Exactly. Like, what does it right? mean? What does party down mean to him? He doesn't drink. He doesn't smoke. He doesn't even really drink coffee. Guys, like, he... guys, I'm gonna juggle onions and chew gum. Yeah, <laughs> like those are his vices, juggling and gum chewing. And we're supposed to, like, what are they going to drop acid, uh, like, next to the, like, no. It's not, this is not your friends on oh, mushrooms God. at a music festival crowd. I don't understand what these people mean. So great. Uh, no. Well, uh, before we move on, let's talk about how does it hold up now as an episode of television? Um, how do you feel? On its own? Like as a singular episode. <laughs> I guess if you didn't know MacGyver and you just watched this, just this episode, how does it hold up today? Well, I have to say the moment when the fire went out and the sound just deadened mm-hmm. my little heart, I could feel my heart like relax yeah, and yeah. I could breathe. So the suspense that was built into this episode in multiple different ways, I thought was it, it existed. I'm not yeah. going to say it was super well it done, <laughs> but I think, <laughs> but it existed. Um, I don't know. I think it's, if I stumbled across it, I would really clearly have been thinking that I had missed something very important, like a previous mm-hmm. episode or three, mm-hmm. but I, I got into it. I really mm-hmm. enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a lot of fun and I, I don't know. I didn't hate it. I was ready to be really sad and disappointed and sort of, mm-hmm. you know, when you, you know, you look, you wa- rewatch stuff from when you were a kid and that you loved. I was really ready to be very disappointed and sad. And mm-hmm. I was not. Well, <laughs> I really something. liked it. I thought it was good. I was not disappointed and sad. <laughs> um, but I think, I think it holds up. I think if I were clicking around with my magical poker at the TV and I landed on this, mm-hmm. I would have been entertained. Cool. What about you, Annie? Um, I think for me, the things that don't hold up were like the entire like zero mention of the environmental impacts of this. I feel (laughs) like that alone, it would not be filmed today. Um, And I also just think... um, the the holes in sort of the story and like we're we're just used to like relationships and 
story and arcs, you know, being unveiled over the course of a season, sometimes mm. more than one season. Um, and this was them trying to fit a lot into this 40 minutes. And that didn't really work for me. Like I like to follow characters over some time. And I think that these relationships just didn't make a lot of sense. Um, And so for that reason, I would say like that didn't hold up for me, but in terms of like, just the like, on its face action gadgetry kind of like, was this an entertaining hour of television? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, totally. I agree. And it's an interesting point uh, that you make because these existed in the eighties. They don't really exist anymore. A show where you can dip in and dip out at any point and the story is completely self-contained. And so the challenge, if you're writing an episode of television like that is any new characters that come into the episode, you got to affect set up I think that's probably why MacGyver has so many old friends because yeah we have to establish that he cares about these people right away in the episode so uh so I think they just went a little too far with that this time in trying to really hammer home the idea that these are old friends they are really tight with each other um so that you'll care when their oil derrick catches on fire yeah I got a sense that he's closer with these two than he was um, close to any of the other yeah. old friends that we've yeah, met yeah, yeah. I, so although far. the guy, the guy in the Thief of Budapest that he went to the Mozart Cafe with, and then had a little <laughs> something co- happened at the Mozart Cafe. Very homoerotic happened. I think that was a pretty close <laughs> friend. Um, <laughs> anyway, I agree. I agree with all that. I think um, it was exciting. It was suspenseful. I loved um, the dynamite. Played a great character, and I think the the sexism really. The reason I had such a problem with the sexism in this episode was because I had such high hopes when I saw her. Because I was like, oh, good. Like a fucking badass chick with a leather jacket who's like on an oil rig who knows her shit. No, no, it's still a two dimensional, like superfluous character that's just there to like. Yeah, be totally. Hot and-, and I think that one of the things that like the 80s just did not do very well is like you can have a hyper feminine character who expresses their gender in a super feminine way Mm -hmm. and still have them be like a complex uh, human being uh, which is not something that the 80s did very well so it's almost like they had to put her in like the leather jacket and the jeans to signify like okay this is a serious bitch here yeah it reminds me of like the Bond movies of the 90s where uh, every time they interviewed a new Bond girl, the Bond girl would say, this one's different. She's like goes toe to toe with James Bond. And it's like, no, she's still arm candy. Like, no, it's still the same. You're just, you're expressing it in a slightly different way. Um, so I am glad that we've gotten a little bit more nuanced about that. Yep. But I don't, I don't, I don't have high (laughs) hopes that this particular element of the show is going to change over time. No. All right. Uh, we're going to take a break. Uh, and when we come back, we'll talk more with Sarah and find out where this episode falls on our DTMP rating system. Stick around. We'll be right back. How amazing is it that we have the ability to send emails? It really is a feat of humankind. Then why does email suck so bad? It doesn't have to. If you're ready to enjoy email again, I have a solution. It's called Big Fred's Smut Collection. Receive a dirty animated drawing in your email inbox every Sunday. And the best part is, it's completely free. Follow at Big Fred Smut on Instagram, and you can DM your email to sign up. Sign up now 
It's totally free at Big Fred Smut on Instagram. We're back with our guest, Sarah Venuti Yates. Sarah, um, we talked a little bit about like your your couch fort at the top of the episode, but what uh, what else? What other shows were you into when you were growing up? Uh, and what, oh. what was uh, what were your defining pop culture things as a kid? I really liked She-Ra, which, mm. so the reason I felt like this held up <laughs> was because I rewatched the old She-Ra and it does not hold up, oh, like, embarrassingly <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, although I have to say the reboot of She-Ra is fantastic. That yes, they my remade. wife watched all of it. It's really good. I really love it. Um, I watched a lot of ALF. Um, I yeah. had a... I had a uh, an Alf hand puppet that I got in a Burger King um, cool. like box one time, and it was my it's no joke like my my favorite stuffed animal. It is the cool. one that I took everywhere. <laughs> I, I still have it. <laughs> um, I watched a lot of Garfield and um, oh, yeah. the the Heathcliff knockoff. I don't know if anyone does. I what remember I'm... those? I forgot. Those Do you remember animated. those? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I watched the monkeys. I watched the monkeys a lot oh, too. My God. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. What a, what an interesting bunch of stuff. <laughs> like for one child to be watching. Yes. Yes. No it, wonder it you're is. such an interesting person. Well, thank you. You mean you want no wonder you're such a weird fucking person. <laughs> I feel like we've talked about this before, but like, were you popular? Do you think you were popular? Oh, I don't even know. I guess I did I was homecoming queen. I guess. You were I don't homecoming know. Homecoming queen? I feel like you've yeah. told you've told me stories about punching people that you like got in fights and shit. <laughs> That was, yeah, I did that too. See, that's the thing. Like, I, I don't know any homecoming queens who punched people. Well, Nor I do didn't I. do it at the homecoming. <laughs> <laughs> that was usually um, at a frat party or something okay. um, to like, to embarrass somebody who had said something unkind to somebody else. Like, I don't have, you, we don't have to follow this line of questioning if it makes you uncomfortable. No, no, it's Okay. <laughs> Uh, we can move on. We'll move on. Uh, let's move on to our next segment. It's time for It's Classified. We are on a mission to figure out what the best episode of MacGyver is. So we are going to rate this episode now. This is a rapid fire game. Each one of us is going to score Hellfire from one through 10 on four different characteristics. Starting with you, Sarah. How exciting was this episode from one to 10? I'd give it a solid six. Really? <laughs> That's surprising to me after all the positive words you had to say about how exciting oh, it was. Oh, well, I mean. I mean, I'm not, I'm not. Don't, don't overthink it. You if, set the bar wherever is, you want. If six is what's in your heart, Are we then. Yep. Through 10? Through 10? I mean, yeah, I'm sticking with six. Great. It was exciting. You, so <laughs> you say it like. I like know. It was really exciting. My... <laughs> <laughs> high standards a, over here you're giving high it a 60 percent yeah. more i'm gonna can i make can i make it a little stronger i hate this <laughs> <laughs> it's lovely to have you on the podcast sarah yeah, we love it <laughs> <laughs> can i okay i'm gonna give it a solid seven okay can i do seven, seven. yeah so you do whatever you want that's your number to give <laughs> annie what do you think i i agree with seven seven is my number great uh, I'm going to give it an eight because I enjoyed, I think the fire was particularly well done in this episode and I don't think it was stolen from another movie, which I'll that, that is one thing that I picked up on. I think they really blew some shit up. 
Yeah. Was... We did not have uh, five minutes of B-roll from another film in this episode. So great. Uh, <laughs> uh, Sarah, acting and writing. That's one category, one through 10. Um, I'm going to give it like a five. Five. Like gotcha. a five. What about you, Annie? I say three. I don't care if that rain dance was improvised. It was super <laughs> offensive. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was no. real bad. Uh, 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 you know, okay, I'm going to go right in the middle of you two. Four. Um, what about sh uh, sheer innovation? This is the innovation of his gadgetry in the episode. I was disappointed with his gadgetry, to be quite honest. Although I was surprised. I was surprised by some of the things that he was able to do, but it wasn't as intricate as I typically would enjoy. The pulley system was nice, but... I think... Um, lacking a bad guy, like a real mm -hmm. bad guy to go up against, you know, his he matches his wits against the bad guy. And the bad guy in this uh, scenario was fire. So it wasn't as exciting for me to watch him innovate against fire as it would be innovating against a Russian spy, you know? He wasn't even innovating against against fire. It was against shitty equipment. Like it yeah. was just... <laughs> yeah. All the things were just like, oh, this just is broken. unsafe oh, work environment. Broken. Yeah. Yep. So, I mean, I'm disappointed. I was disappointed. I'm going to give it like yeah. a four. Well, God, it wasn't as bad as the writing, though. So I guess a six. <laughs> <laughs> Great. What about you, Annie? Um, innovative. I'm going to do a solid five on this one. I felt like the gum wrapper thing I was perfectly pleased with. I yeah. That's like a very MacGyver trick. Um, but again, like fighting fires is not what I think of when I think of like MacGyver problem right. solving. Um, right. And so I dinged it for that. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with a six for myself. Um, and the final category of the four is, an, is the 80s cool factor. So how cool was this as compared to <gasps> other 80s pop culture? It's 1985, and you turn this on as it compares to anything else on TV. How cool is it? I thought this was super cool. The leather jackets, like the, yeah. you know, his hair. Did anyone notice that his hair looks like Kevin Bacon in Footloose? Like he has like the fuzzy, yeah, cool haircut. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, they've got the and also that jackets. mullet held up really well under helicopter uh, <laughs> propeller wind. So you gotta it give it yeah. that. <laughs> it did and i you know and it was just like dusty and hot i don't know i i a solid a solid nine i'm gonna go with that okay. i mean i think it's very there were a lot of cool moments i said eight which is pretty mm -hmm. high for me high as for you, yeah. you know this gets an eight sunglasses score on annie's <laughs> uh ranking of how cool macgyver is i love it when he's in his aviators um yep, and he absolutely. was in this episode i have two screenshots uh that are just saved to my phone of him <laughs> With both of his friends, and he's got his uh, sunglasses on in both picks. Um, I'm just going to save those for later use. And yeah, I'm, I'm going to say eight. Amazing. Yep. I, uh, uh, I felt the same way. I mean, any episode that starts with the hero coming in on a fucking helicopter in aviator yes. sunglasses. And then, I mean, when she turned, when I, when, when, not, not that I'm looking at her ass, but when she turned around <laughs> in, when she's standing in, like trying to break up the fight and I yeah. saw the cut of those jeans, I was like, those are some fucking hot ass eighties, like stonewashed jeans. I was like, yeah, this the, is the stonewashed high waisted jeans were very yep. cool. Um, those I, yeah, I loved it. Uh, I'll give it an age as well. Um, okay. We have three 
bonus categories. If any of these things is true, it will get an extra five points. So does he help out an old friend? Oh my God, yeah. does he help out an old friend in this episode? <laughs> does he Perhaps ever. we should give this 10, but I don't want to mess up the scoring system. So I'm going to give it a five. Um, uh, does an ex-girlfriend make an appearance? Well, we could give uh, this half if we really wanted to. Yeah. We could give it a point. They they know each other biblically. I'm sure. Of it. <laughs> I'm like, gonna give I... it one. I'm gonna give it one extra point. Um, and yeah. were they was MacGyver detained against his will? Not really in this one. Um, no. Which is again sort of a MacGyver thing that we didn't get to see this time. Uh, now for the results out of a total possible 135 points, this episode receives 76 points making it tied for fourth place with the Golden Triangle. Ooh, okay. Yep, so we have Last Stand is still the highest. Thief of Budapest is second. The Heist is seven, uh, with 77 is third. And then Hellfire and the Golden Triangle are tied for fourth. I think I'm probably so throwing off your scoring for my deep, deep love of MacGyver to begin Every- with. Everybody does. Everyone does. They have Nathan and I are pretty consistent with yeah. how we score things. And the guest is always coming in with a completely different metric. But I think that's part of it. That's baked yep. into the process. Absolutely. That's what we like about it. So uh, any parting thoughts, anything we missed from either one of you uh, before we get going, y'all? I just want to mention that he he brought up Curie, Euclid, and oh, someone else. Yeah. Uh, Our Archimedes? Yeah, I think so. Curie is the only one that I remember him quoting, but. Yeah, along with something really offensive, like naked dancing girls are better than Curie's law, which I was like, okay, that's, that's, at first I thought this was a cool moment. And then you, and then you said that, <laughs> but yeah, Curie. And then he talked about Archimedes and Euclid, uh, which I thought was pretty cool. And there was that fact about, uh, it gets eight to 10 degrees hotter per square foot. I think that's so specific. <laughs> oh man, that guy was such a bad actor that um, when he said the word exponentially, I was like, this is the first time he's ever heard this word. Exponentially. <laughs> like the director had to give him a line reading on what that word is. <laughs> oh my God. I never believed that for a second. Well, thank you for joining us, Sarah. It was so much fun. <laughs> Um, Thank you for having me. I didn't say that I hated this. I meant that I hate giving definitive answers to things. That is a thing that I hate. We understand completely. (laughs) You're not the first uh, to be upset by the ranking system, and you (laughs) sure as hell won't be the last. I, there are some real MacGyver nerds out there who have their own ranking system and they are going to oh hate God. this list when yeah, it's done. Yeah, no, we're, we are the most, we're just riffing. It's we're not random. paying attention to the, could this really happen? Yeah. Um, it's, you know, it's more fun to just use our own uh, metric. But you know what, guys? At least if there's one thing we can say that's positive about all this, Cooper Huckabee uh, didn't play MacGyver for seven seasons. Oh. because that would have been bad all right well that's it for this week thanks for listening everybody please subscribe and rate and review and uh tell all your gen x friends about this show and if you want to watch old episodes of macgyver along with us they are available on cbs all access or you can buy them on amazon for a buck an episode next week we'll be breaking down season one episode nine the prodigal take care everybody and remember in the immortal words of our buddy mac friends friends are the adventures of life. life Thanks, everybody. Bye. Party down. Party down. (laughs) 